Welcome to the Leo Learning Podcast, helping global organizations move learning to the heart of business strategy. Find us at leolearning.com. Today, we've got Leo's Director of Learning, Imogen Caseborne, and Principal Consultant, Jeff Bloom, discussing compliance training, also known as mandatory or regulatory training. So we know uh, we know that in learning, things like um, storytelling can can make things much more memorable, and um, because people remember great stories. Um, but what what are the techniques that um, we can use in uh, and, and and why is uh, in storytelling and why is storytelling so effective? Well, I think it's worth looking at why storytelling is so effective, and it's because um, stories are stored in a slightly different way in the brain, so they're stored more in the spatial memory. Uh, that's the memory that we uh, use to, to prevent ourselves being eaten by tigers when we were <laughs> out on the savannah. Uh, and facts are stored in a different part of the memory in a different way, um, so they can be much harder to retrieve. So that's one of the reasons that stories are powerful. And obviously people take ownership of stories as well. They can um, they tell them to other people, they evolve and they change. Um, and I guess um, they can imagine themselves in the story. They can they? imagine themselves in the story, they tailor it to their own experience. So I think that's why stories can be so powerful. Uh, in terms of how we, how we get those stories, it's about going out, talking to people, asking key questions, asking them what, uh, what experiences they have, uh, what their most uh, challenging experiences were. Um, any, and you can start... Once you start striking up that rapport, they'll start to remember things that have happened to other people or things that they've heard about. And you can find quite a rich seam of stories there, which can become part of the compliance training. And I guess that like any, you know, any good author, um, you know, whatever the form of research, research can be really important in that as well. Exactly. And then and then it's bringing it to life as that powerful story. I think telling stories about what has happened and uh, particularly if they're contextualized to the to the, the audience and giving people scenarios and helping them make decisions is a sort of thing that can um, can take a complex subject and make it much more personal exactly yeah so so yeah anti-bribery is a complex subject because when you think you want to take someone out for a meal there may be questions about how much that meal costs what region you're in and, and how much you're spending relative to the normal cost of eating, all sorts of things make it a very complex subject. So there really is something to learn there. And then we come to the question of, of how do we help people learn it and how do we help it stick? Um, and as you say, case studies and stories, well, we know they're processed um, in a different part of the brain uh, from facts. So you're much more likely to remember something if it's presented to you as a story than if it's presented to you as a fact. Um, so, so that helps people retain that information for the all-important moment when they have to make a snap judgment um, about whether it's okay to do this with this client at this moment, or that would probably apply to a topic like competition law as well, where it's quite complex. And you probably want to give people performance support or reference tools as well, but to help them remember the key points uh, using using stories. Yeah, I was, I was, I was going to, I was going to uh, say something very similar actually, in that uh, obviously with a lot of compliance. Um, content things can go quite deep and, and, and can become you know quite legal as well and so if people find themselves in a situation and as a result of the learning they've done they think oh something I need to be cautious about here um, I think the next the next most important thing in, in compliance learning is to know where to get help yeah uh, you know whether it's asking for sort of specialist internal advice or it's, it's looking at reference materials or possibly doing other learning materials but it's, it's having that trigger point that says 
I'm now in a, in a I'm now in a risk a risky part of of, mm. of, of work, and um, I remember from my compliance learning that you know something bad happened because I remember the story uh, to somebody in a similar situation. But then it's a question of what to do about it, and you can't cover all of that. I think in um, in sort of annual compliance training, what you can do is to sort of say to people where to go where to find out more, how to get help. Absolutely. And when you think about how pilots are trained, they go through a very, very extensive training, but they also have very extensive support with them. So they have all those manuals that they take into the cockpit every single time. So it's that balance between the initial training and then the ongoing support, which I think the sort of one-off approach, the once-a-year training approach doesn't always fully cover. Sure, sure. So, so we, we've talked about different techniques we can use kind of within the learning and we've talked about the environment. But, you know, one of the things that's often talked about in learning is, is things like sort of nudging and um, what, you can, what else you can do around the learning. So I'm mm. just wondering if it's worth sort of thinking about some yeah, of that. Absolutely, because we're talking about preventing things that you've learnt decaying, preventing memory decay. So we think about Ebbinghaus's learning curve. Um, there's also a forgetting curve. So, so people are going to even however well they have learned something, if they don't use that information for a long period of time, they're likely to forget it. Um, And so one way that we can help that not to happen and also to help affect that cultural change um, and embedding that cultural mindset that we touched on earlier is is by by repeating the information. Um, So we know that marketing, for example, very often would have a campaign and actually what they're trying to do in marketing is to change people's behaviour. Um, and they don't do it with a one-off intervention. They'll go across multiple channels um, and over a period of time um, to help embed ideas and um, understandings. So I think that's something that compliance can do. Um, often you'll see it, um, you'll see a poster campaign, you'll see a number of events, yeah. um, as well as underpinning learning over a period of time. You can keep repeating questions over a period of time just as you're about to forget them. So that space practice technique Um, And that can really help where it's understanding something technical and remembering that thing for when you need to apply it, that can be really helpful in embedding that learning. And obviously it's quicker if you're able to apply it just like that than if you do have to go to that performance support resource and look it up. So snap judgments, it's better to have that memory embedded. Yeah, I think think that also creates another opportunity as well because if if you're creating a sort of a a comprehensive, well-designed... learning resource that contains some, some, some great stories and some great examples and some brilliant questions. Um, there's a bit of effort involved in putting that together and making sure that it's robust and it does the job it's supposed to do. Um, and, and something like a campaign, I think, can help to handle the, um, you know, what's new and what's changed stuff as well. Mm. You know, I mean, obviously, if it's important, then it needs to probably be updated. Um, but if it's something that just gives people the spark to say, well, oh, so something, something's different, something's new, I understand why I have to go back and remind myself of what's important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we've touched on stories a couple of times, but I think it's worth coming back to them and because we've talked about how hearing something in a story helps people remember it more quickly than if they try to learn it as a fact. But stories also have a very strong emotive, affective component, which um, in terms of cultural change can be quite important. Um, and that's where sometimes presenting stories via video, video dramas or, or people, people retelling real, real events that have happened to them can be, can be very powerful in this area, I think. 
Oh, and I think you can go further than that as well. So, and we do, as you know, um, because within learning, the story doesn't have to be passive. You know, people, if we, if we create a situation that's based around a series of events, um, so in other words, it's a story, um, people can um, obviously take decisions as part of that and see what would happen if it was them involved as the protagonists. Exactly. They so, can be immersed. They can be yeah. immersed in that story or they, you know, they can watch that story. So um, some of the some of the things that we've created recently, dramas, longer form dramas, multi perspective dramas, where you can see something going wrong and you can see it from the perspective of the various people involved and understand how a lot of small mistakes or small compliance breaches can lead to very serious consequences. And sometimes that sort of longer form drama can be very effective for that sort of thing. Yeah, and I think, I think again, if you take something like health and safety, this is, this is where it can be so critical because people can do a million things right, um, but it's only when somebody does something wrong that everything can fall apart. And so understanding what happens when something does go wrong from different perspectives, because it's often a multi-factor thing, uh, you know, somebody didn't do something, but somebody else didn't check something. Exactly. Then, so, then, yeah. then seeing the story from the different perspectives is, is very can be also very powerful. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And I think there was an interesting um, example I quoted in the storytelling white paper. There was a, a mining organisation and they were unable to improve um, their accident rate or the, rather to bring their accident rate down um despite extensive training and when they uh, reviewed the training they realized that the miners didn't uh, didn't really believe the trainers because the trainers weren't miners right. and they they viewed them they viewed them as these people coming us coming over here and telling us to do our job right and so they weren't giving them the attention so they completely overhauled that training and they brought in real miners to talk about real events that had happened to them or that had happened to people they knew, um, events with serious consequences. And that very much dramatically improved safety records because the miners could see that these were people who understood the conditions on the ground yeah. um, and that this was be these were people talking about real events. And it was much more effective. It was much more powerful at getting learners to engage and to understand and to help drive that that cultural shift. Yes, because because that voice of experience and, and so on is so important. I think you know that in in learning terms, we, we we often talk about authenticity. Now, authenticity is very easy to achieve if you can get the people that have done it or been there. But actually, if you can't, you've still got to achieve it. You just have to work harder at it. Exactly. So yeah. when we worked with an airline organisation, we we took that approach and we filmed real people telling real stories, which um, tailored to the roles uh, that were receiving the training. Um, and I think that can be very powerful. But you can achieve a similar effect via drama if that drama feels authentic, yeah. if it feels real, if it feels situated. But then I think it's important to have a group of, of the audience to sort of make sure that it works for them. Exactly. <laughs> so, so that's the sort of approach um, together with the, sort of, with the testing, um, with bringing things to people over time that can really help drive or embed that cultural mindset of safety and of compliance. So, um, so stories is, 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 you know, perhaps one of the most important elements of, of delivering effective compliance uh, learning. If there, if there were three things that you would almost always do, uh, what, what would they be? Stories would be one. Stories, uh, personalisation yep. and targeting um, and uh, repetition. Okay, okay. <laughs> and of course, assessment can very much be part of that repetition. That repetition, yeah, exactly yeah. so, yes.
You've been listening to the Leo Learning Podcast, helping global organisations move learning to the heart of business strategy. Visit leolearning.com for more learning insights. The storytelling white paper that Imogen referred to can be found under the resources section on the Leo website. Thank you.